Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with another episode of Multiple Voices. And today I have a guest, and I'm laughing, but I don't mean to laugh. I have a guest who's um, after, you know, a man after my own heart, and I'll tell you why. Alex Sanfilippo. Alex, thank you for coming and joining us, taking the time. Really glad to be here, and I wish I could say my own last name the way that you say it. Um, much, <laughs> nice actually, Italian boy. <laughs> yes, you know, before we uh, we hit record, you gave me a great lesson on some some of my own heritage. Uh, my family uh, is from Italy, so it was really cool just to talk to you a minute and hear a bit more about what goes on over there. So, but thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, his family's from Sicily, so I, I was trying to give him an idea of what. Uh, different areas of Italy think about Sicilians and the food and, you know, uh, things like that. Um, But what really made me so happy I was able to have you as a guest is one key word that I read in your, um, on your website, in in the background uh, information that I found, aerospace company. And I thought, oh, I love him. I love him. I wanted to be a pilot. (laughs) wanted to be a pilot since I was a little girl, but I couldn't see. I was too astigmatic and it was impossible. And so it was a dream that I had to throw out the window. Now, who is Alex? Alex started his first business at 10 years old. And I looked at that and I started, where was I at 10? I was selling Kool-Aid on the corner (laughs) with my sisters. (laughs) He was selling golf balls, golf balls. Then there's a lot of other information in between, but at a certain point, um, I believe it was thanks to your father's intervention or a company that your father was involved with, with was this aerospace company. And you started very, very low on the totem pole, didn't you? What was that? What were you doing that? there? I, I did. Um, I actually, uh, I started off breaking down boxes and emptying trash. They called it a receiving clerk, a part-time receiving clerk. But I, <laughs> When I got in, I realized what it really was. It was taking up the trash and emptying and, and breaking down boxes and stuff like that, which was actually a really, it was a great humbling experience for me. It was my introduction to like a corporate business, which yeah. I fell in love with really fast. But I was, I was happy to start there. It was really yeah. cool for me to How see the company from that level. How old were you? I, I was at a high school at that point. It was right after... I'm trying to think how old it was. It was probably 18, nine, eight, 19. 18, 19, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the economy had just really crashed over here. And uh-huh. my, my father was in aerospace his whole life. Right. And I, I just was like, hey, dad, was that industry hit really bad? <laughs> and he's like, no, we're everyone's doing pretty good except for commercial. And I was like, cool. Can you 
introduced me to somebody. He's like, I'll give you someone you can apply with. I was like, all right, cool. Um, so he, he helped me get my foot in the door. Yeah. And uh, I just was looking for something at that point that was really stable. Um, being yeah. young like that, I was very impressionable Why? by what was happening around Why me. Why was the idea of stability important to you then at that so, age, uh, you know? Yeah, I, I actually really loved business. As you mentioned, starting at a really yeah. young age, just kind of falling in love with it throughout high school. I, all of my classes, I always tried to find a business spin on everything I was doing. As young as I could, I got into some real estate stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just decided oh, I want to be right. a real estate investor. Right. And yeah, and you might have read that. But well, yeah. I started investing and in, I had a rental property of my own. I had a company <laughs> that was a service based company. Yeah. And at my age, especially, I just did not have the, the foresight to see what was about to happen. Right. And when everything crashed, I went from doing fairly well for, for that age yeah. to doing really bad to thinking, I just want something that's going to be stable at this yeah. point. So I'm not I in trouble. I need to pay these bills that I now have. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, that was kind of my introduction to it was the, the aerospace industry. Yeah. And before we hit the record button, we were talking a bit of politics and how neither of us are, you know, really know what politics is all about. But as you're talking about the real estate industry and the crash, politics are at the basis of that as well. I know right. somewhere, somewhere. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to gloss over all that uh, real estate ups and down, ups and down. I went right into the aerospace. But in a reasonable, reasonably short period, I think you became a senior executive. Is that is that right? Yeah, I I would you know it feels really long, but I think back <laughs> and it wasn't really because of my age, especially. Uh, quick disclaimer there, I'll mention something because you mentioned like uh, potentially being a pilot, right? Right. Whenever I used to travel around and speak about being in the aerospace industry, someone would raise their hand, and be like, "Ooh, have you been to space?" Have you flown a fighter jet? Have you gone skydiving yeah, a million I times? I know. I've not done any of those things. I work behind a computer the whole time, Yeah, uh, which for me was a good place to be. But yeah, I just, you know what's funny? It started when I was actually breaking down boxes and taking out trash. Yeah. I was just very insightful. And what I did is I realized we're breaking down boxes in three different parts of the building. What if we moved all to one place so it could all be in one spot and we'd break it down certain times of the day? That way to keep the, the, the clutter from growing. Uh -huh. And people were like, that's a good idea. I also just was mindful of the trash cans I was emptying. I'd look at some and be like, this one's always empty. This one's always overly full and overflowing. Let's put a bigger <laughs> trash can here and let's move this one somewhere else. Very small things. But doing that is what began setting me apart. No yeah. one else with that type of job in the, in the organization was doing that. And it was, to me, kind of subconscious. Like I didn't necessarily mean to be like, oh, I'm going to stand out. Yeah. I just did what I know how to do. And from there, I got promoted to, to full time uh, and then eventually to a management position, then a senior management position, director and senior director. And eventually I have to say, the executive. I've got to stop you. Uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a podcast, and so you know you don't have the benefit of video. But I'll tell you what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a man, a young man. Have you ever seen the Ever Ready uh, battery commercials? And they're funny sometimes, where they just keeps going. They just keep going. You know, little toys with Ever Readies, and and they're um, you know uh, bears or animals, and they just keep going unless you shut them off. And I have this impression, the same with you. It, uh, chock full of energy, you know, superpower, powerful energy that comes from, um, you know, initially you would think, uh, because you're, you're well built, a uh, healthy look. And I'm thinking, well, he must be on steroids or something or on cocaine. <laughs> I'm way too speed. small for that. <laughs> no, nothing like that for me. <laughs> but, but, you know, you, I, you give the impression of having such clean energy you know what everyone's after this uh, uh this part of uh, the the
time, this time, you know, clean energy. Yeah. But um, I'm wondering, you know, where that comes from. And I'd like you to think a little bit. Uh, do you have other brothers and sisters in your family? I do. I'm actually the oldest of, of four. There's four of us. We're all brothers. So there, there's four four boys. My, my mom, I don't know how she did it because we were all oh just, God. we were all wild. Oh, I'd say at this point. Oh, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say at this point, though, two of the four have calmed down. I haven't quite. And then actually, it's funny that the next one in line also hasn't. It's the younger two that are a little bit calmer than they used to be. Uh-huh. Um, but me and my brother, who just I think he's 17 months. Yeah, 17 months younger than me. Oh, we both nice. like both have just a lot of energy. And yeah. uh, and not that my other brothers are like slow or sleeping all the time or anything like that. They just they're a little calmer, which is a nice thing. <laughs> no, um, I know. I know what you mean about the energy. I too, I, I run circles around people. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, my son said to me one day, Ma, you know, you, you, you go a little too fast. And I said, well, you know, I just don't know. I, I, I don't I don't think I understand how old I am. He said, you know, that's dangerous, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's OK. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> We're all right. There, I mean, so I, I don't know where the energy necessarily comes from, <laughs> yeah. though. Like, I, I couldn't, I, I really couldn't track it back to something. Yes, I live a really healthy lifestyle. I love the things I do. I have a very fulfilling life. But to track it back to something, unless you can Wait help me second. draw that out, I'm not really sure. Um, high school is usually a, a really interesting number of formative years that you go through, depending on the high, the social activity that the high school affords you your offers you and um during that time i'm wondering if you you know went out for sports or what kind of thing did you do do you remember yeah so yeah i, I do remember <laughs> um thankfully uh He's so that first old. off i was actually homeschooled which was a little bit different hmm. so it made it that i was around my family a lot oh interesting uh, can, can, can you I mind did... me asking you why the choice on your part of your parents yeah. So when I was really young, and this gets back into to just like me as a person, I was very right. like I suffered from dyslexia, like uh-huh. really bad. Yeah. And uh, I, I couldn't read and write at a normal mm-hmm. level until I was 13, 14 years uh-huh. old, like to be able to, to get caught up. Right. And because of that, I just my, my parents realized I would never do well in, in school. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I struggled through a lot of more the traditional way of learning just mm-hmm. didn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So th- there was teachers that came in and I still went to certain classes. Sure. But in general, I was like from the state of Florida considered to be a homeschooled kid. Right. 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 And uh, so it was really my, my mom really looking out for me and wanted to make sure I got a good education when mm-hmm. she realized that a traditional route would not work for me. For how long? I The entire up until yes, high the whole school? Way through. The entire yep. time. Um, yep. Were you the only child in your family who had that, uh, who had dyslexia? Yes. Uh, my mm-hmm. other brothers didn't, and they did some homeschool, but they had like, they did some modified schooling too, because at that point mm-hmm. my mom just kind of figured out what worked really well, yeah. like where the school system was failing and where it wasn't. So mm-hmm. she was able just to kind of modify it along the way. It's funny, all three of my younger brothers, we got smarter as we went along. I oh. look at like the last one and she was good <laughs> by the time the last one, like he, I think he graduated a year early and he was just, I mean, he still is, he's just brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. Which is funny. Not saying I'm not smart or anything like that. I just more so uh, learned a lot through experiences than than necessarily yeah, more yeah. traditional forms of schooling. Well, let me let me uh, uh, then continue by telling the listeners here, the audience, how I uh, came to know you. Uh, one day, I must, I guess, a bit last, maybe five, six, 
six, seven months, six months ago, um, Alex Sanfilippo writes to me, and like everyone else, we get a lot of junk mail, a lot of advertising, and and Alex, with his face on his email and his email address and all of the information, he writes, hi there, I see that you have a podcast and you have um, 13 episodes out. Would you like to join my um my website take a look and see if you enjoy it or something like so you invited me there I took a look and then I added and I you know went on and joined and it was you know changed the nature of my work completely let's talk about that now we're in the uh, aerospace company and you're a senior executive there what happened from there when did you leave that so I, let's put it this way. Uh, I left later than I wanted to. Um, oh, but why? Never, never with a, um, I should also say this, like the last year I was with the company, I was there for 15 years. Mm-hmm. The last year I was there up till the day I left was actually, it was my best year performance wise. Not that mm-hmm. I had any necessarily bad ones, but the last year I was there was like my, if I look back, that was like the best year. And for me, I'm a big fan of leaving one season of your life. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, determines how too. you enter the next one. Yeah, so I wanted too. to make sure I left on a really good foot. I brought yeah. the next level of leadership up. I mean, like six people got promoted when I left, like to move up the chain, oh. which was really a cool thing to see. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to say all that first. Now, the company was a multi-million dollar business when I joined it. Mm-hmm. When I left, it was publicly traded in part of a multi-billion dollar conglomerate that was wow. like just massive aerospace organization. Mm-hmm. And that changed it about my, my I'd say my, um, probably my, my 11th or 12th year at the business. Uh-huh. And it's when I realized for the first time that I couldn't, really flex like as an entrepreneur anymore. I always kind of still felt like an entrepreneur, even though I was in a corporate mm-hmm. business, because my ideas, we could try things in real time. Was that but once there were sh- because of the speed involved? It was too slow in evolving? So initially, it was really fast. But once ah. it went public, and we had shareholders, ah, okay. then it got really slow, oh, right. where I had an idea. And they're like, hey, we'll put that in the dock. We're looking at that in six months. I'm like, six months? Let's try yeah. it tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, it, and now there's nothing wrong with that. For a lot of companies, that's the goal, including the one I was part of. So I, I, I was I helped with that org- that the, the whole acquisition of getting us right. into that publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. Like I helped with all that. But I just realized one day, through a couple of experiences like that, where things were six months to a year away from even implementing right that I, I felt like I had just become like a, a cog in the system I don't mean that in a mean way but I just yeah. wasn't able to flex my creativity anymore and, it, and that's where I decided you know what I'm, I'm ready to to move on I believe and again I, I performed really well to the last day I was there mm-hmm. uh, and it was bittersweet the day I left because I love the organization I hired many of the other yeah. people that were in management at that time but I just saw the writing on the wall that it wasn't going to be my forever thing at that point. Yeah, yeah. Now, you said the key word here, uh, creativity. When when um, I, I invited you on the show and I looked at your profile and I saw all of these things that you did, I thought, okay, this is great for the series, The Voice of Creativity, because it's not business. You know, I have a series, the, a series of business and mm-hmm. finance. No, of course, you're working. But it's the nature of the work that you're doing is so unique. Um, now, I don't want to jump and, and create too many holes like I did with the real estate crash. But um, <laughs> after the aerospace uh, experience, what did you do right after that? Yeah, so I, I actually, the, the website you're talking about, it, mm-hmm. quick side note here, actually, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed also your the business segment you did. You had um, Alea Harris on. Yes, Alea Harris. talking about yeah. stepping up your financial game. Yeah. Brilliant. 
She's a brilliant. great interview. Great. For anyone who hasn't heard that one, go back and find that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stepping up your financial game is what I think you called it. Really worth listening right. to. So right. you do a great Steve job on the show. So I wanted to quickly mention that. But back to the point of creativity, mm-hmm. I, I realized that that starting a business after being in one for 15 years is not only scary, but also like, what on earth do I do, I do at this point, yeah. right? Right. And so it, it took a level of creativity. And at that point, I decided the best thing to do while I was still at the organization um, in, in aerospace was to start a podcast because I wanted to learn. Right, and right. like you, we, we bring yeah. on things we're curious yeah. about, right? But now the, the podcast name, is it the same as your podcast now, Creating a Brand? Correct. Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. Now, what, what sparked you to do that? Why creating yep. a brand? So, you know, it's, it's so I, I like to think I'm a creative person. So <laughs> I, create, the creative thinking was starting a podcast, not naming it. Oh. I was like, well, I want to talk to people about creating a brand. I'm like, I'm going to call it that. And it actually worked out well for me, though, because the first year that I launched, I, I'd ask people how they found the podcast. And many of them would say, well, I wanted to learn how to create a brand. So I just typed that into to iTunes right. or to Spotify. So I got listeners yeah. that way, not meaning to, but again, and it's very popular. Was, Your podcast is very successful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. It's been a lot yeah. of fun. And I, I've learned more than probably any listener ever could from the people yeah. that I've had on the show. What and year that are was we talking about for me. that, um, with that you started it? When, when was that? It was summer 2019 is when okay. I started, when I launched. So we have COVID or right before COVID or what were you? Yeah. In? About the, it was about six months, seven months before COVID, I guess, is what uh-huh. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. So now, you, did you jump into the podcast with the idea, specific idea of creating the enti- your entire brand, creating a brand website, creating a brand podcast? Was the podcast the launch for your business or, you know, a lot of people create a book to launch. A lot of people create an app then launch. Well, in your case, how did the development come, come about? Yeah. So again, initially launched the podcast to learn and then found, just tried a couple things to like monetize the podcast. It just mm-hmm. didn't really work. I tried like a community. It was, it's a lot of work. I did yeah. some coaching, which I, I really enjoyed. But um, it, I, the reason I think I'm not the best coach is because if someone pays for an hour, I want to give them like four because I'm just yeah, so interested and invested in it. Yeah. Uh, it takes a very disciplined person to yeah. figure out how to not do that. Yeah. And so I just realized that, that some of the stuff I was trying wouldn't work. And well, the one thing I noticed though, uh, Claudia, is that I really loved the other podcasters in this space. Uh, to date, I've met almost, I'd, I'd say 99% of the podcast hosts I've met have just been so kind. They have yeah. an abundance mindset. They always want to help. Yeah. And that's what made me decide that, you know what, I want to do something to help podcasters. There's got to be something I can do. And that's what really led me down the path of the the, the website that you referenced. Now, this is, um, wait a minute, there's something else that I have to put in, and I'm not sure if we'll be able to talk about it in the way it needs to be talked about. In one area of um, things that I read about you, you, there are the letters S, tell me if I'm wrong, S-A-A-S, is that, or is S-A-S? S A A S S A A S. Now, it, in, and is podmatch.com an S A A S? Yeah, All so right, it's, it stands that. for software as a service. Okay. Uh, and it's funny, someone told me that I was a SaaS founder when I launched, and I was like, what is SaaS? I was yes. like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I'm like, do you spell SAS? They're like, no, there's two A's in it. They're like, you don't know what that means? You're one. I'm like, I don't know. So I had to like do all this research <laughs> to figure it out. So yeah. 
I try not to speak in code, but unfortunately, the more I've gotten into this, the I more know, I speak in I a know. language that people can't understand. Yeah. So software as a service. Now, run us through that. Um, all right, you got the definition after the fact. So uh, what was your uh, mission? What was your idea, your motivating objective in creating this new S-A-A-S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just, again, it's a software as a service specifically for podcasters. And to quickly mm -hmm. mention what it does to the audience and kind of keep up, it's it's considered basically an online dating type app that connects mm. podcast guests and hosts together for interviews based on their interests, what they like to talk about, what they're looking for, uh, what their book is about. It, it really focuses on trying to match people together. And the reason I decided to make that is just, I started speaking at podcasting conferences as my show grew. And at mm -hmm. one of them, I went, there was about 2,000 people there. And I told my wife, hey, when I get off stage, people are going to line up to talk to me, not because I'm a great speaker, but because everyone's so nice in podcasting. <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to ask them what they're struggling with. Yeah. And about 100 of them said the exact same thing. I'm having trouble finding ideal guests for my show, Alex. Having yeah. trouble finding the ideal guest. And I went home and me being as smart as I am, I didn't figure it out <laughs> <laughs> right away. But I just started like... For me, like I started thinking about it, I started putting it on whiteboards, trying to figure it out. And, and for me, I'm like a person of faith, so like I, I did, I spent time in prayer about. It. I'm just like, there's gotta mm -hmm. be something here. And I know where it hit me. I'm like, what if there's like a dating app, like really yeah. similar to that, just connected guests and hosts? What if we could build that? And the rest was kind of history, which I can obviously jump into. But the uh, that was where the whole idea was birthed. And at that point, I was still in my corporate job uh -huh. when I started working on this. So we're talking very recent. We're talking. 2019 still or is it 2020 this is so yesterday yeah right yeah so actually i got the idea on march 10th 2020 which mm -hmm. just happened to be the same week that covid really started in florida and i was working from home at that point mm -hmm. and uh and yeah so it's march 10th and then i brought on a co-founder uh someone i'd known for many years mm -hmm. pitched the idea to him we decided to work on it on june 15th 2020 we launched it into an early beta and not long after that, I mean, maybe, maybe it was maybe it was a little bit longer than I'm thinking is when I just stumbled upon your show mm -hmm. and, and reached out to you because looking for some good host. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I, I mentioned this before we record, I really like the the pace of your show. <laughs> I feel like you have a really refreshing voice in podcasting. So, you know, that's what made me reach out. I'm like, I, I like Claudia. I, I, I wish she was on <laughs> our platform, funny. you know? <laughs> You're funny because um, and I tell, you know, the, the audience, the podcast name is Multiple Voices. It's the name of my company. But originally, it was called Pleasure Seeking. And um, it was the name of my book was The Magic of Pleasure Seeking. And I needed some way to oralize my chapters so I can hear what I'm writing. And and if I'm convinced with what I'm saying, then it'll be work for me. So my episodes started with my chapters and my ideas. And then I got tired and you came along right at the right time because I, I was talking to myself, you know? <laughs> and right. so I thought, let me change this name. <laughs> so so let's say how it's grown exponentially, I believe, because um, you always keep us abreast of all the latest numbers and statistics. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Alex has really, I'm saying Alex, you're here in front of me, but Alex, ladies and gentlemen, has really created a community. And what I love about that is that, um, okay, I'm looking at a clean cut kid. That's not the case, but I mean, it is clean cut, but it's not the pull. It's the nature of his idea of bringing people together. You know, we're all the same. We, you know, we're all from different parts of 
the countries and worlds out there, and we all have a voice. We all have a message. And I was so surprised, Alex. Um, one of the things that I was really surprised about is the wide-ranging topics that all these podcasts touch on, um, and and the crazies, you know. But you know, you have these people who are so intelligent and at the genius level but they still use part of their mind to laugh and crack jokes that is be that is a joy that is right. a joy and even younger people younger very young people who are just getting their feet wet with um with speaking with uh promoting and they're a little embarrassed you know really it have a way of letting you engage with them because they're they're cool <laughs> you know they have something right. to say they have something to say it's interesting i see that you have another relative uh, that works with you is alicia a relative of yours that that's actually my wife yeah ah! she, she she came on board you know it's, she had a long background in retail she was upper management at express the clothing store for a long time uh -huh. and uh took a couple of years off uh between that and started her own clothing boutique and did mm -hmm. really well with it and sold it which I'm so thankful for, uh, December 2019, oh. uh, just a buyer came in and, and they oh. were like, hey, we, we have a staff, we'd bring them before Christmas and New Year's. And for me, I was like, I would love to have a wife on Christmas and New Year's because yeah, she works right? retail, right? Yeah. And I'm like, if they if you can get out of it now, like that would be awesome. Like, go ahead. Like, and I say out of it, it was bittersweet for her because she yeah. loved it and grew a really great I business. I know, but, but uh, that, that's, you know, a sign from above. That, right, yeah. <laughs> that you have to do something else, yeah. Yeah, now, and, she, and she saved me. She came on board and just really helped me a lot. I mean, that's I, fantastic. I, not that I was drowning. She's just a lot better at the administrative side of things. Mm. I am again, me being more of a creative yeah, type. Yeah. She keeps me at bay a little bit and it's, it's yeah. very, very helpful. We work well together. There's an, um, another thing I wanted to ask about. Um, now you have this, this, this place, it's like a house. We all go to Podmatch at least five, six times a day. I mean, we have our right. homework there. We have to report. We do our things. We go looking. You write to people, you know. Um, and you have a very fast team of, of uh, people you work with. They get back to you right away. They're problem solvers. It's excellent. It's really, really excellent. Thank you. Um, you just made um, my day. That's, that's great. <laughs> no. Thank you it, so it, much. <laughs> you know, you write to people and they answer. <laughs> right. Really. It's, it's fantastic. Um, one of the things that that um, surprises me is that you also had the energy to create another area, another, I don't know if it's an SAS, SAS, SAAS as well, the pod SOP. What would that be? Yep. Is that, so a, that a satellite or something? So, what? so what that is, is actually the way that podcast hosts can manage their workflow for every episode. Because mm -hmm. one of the things I found is when we started Podmatch, Again, me just being that creative, I started realizing that certain podcasters, they would just drop off. So the guests were staying on, but the host would kind of disappear. So I started reaching out to him, finding out, hey, did it not work for you? And because that was my concern, right? Maybe right, something's right. not working well. But the mass majority of the time, I mean, over 90% of the time, people said, no, I decided to stop my podcast. And I, I was, I, it kind of was like, well, why? Like, uh, yeah. for me, like get, helping independent people like myself get our voices out to the world is so that that's my that's my why behind everything I do is and all yeah. my creativity goes toward that now. So I want to help and I'm like, well, well, what's going on? And of course, there's always the, the talk of monetization, people want to make more money yeah. with it. 
I don't quite yet know how to solve that one. Maybe I'll get a right. creative idea for that. Mm -hmm. But I, I did notice that one of the things people said is it was very stressful trying to keep up with the episode releases. Mm -hmm. And that was an idea that that was something I knew I could help with because we had kind of built our own system internally mm -hmm. to to manage that. I'm like, I talked to my developer that my co-founder, yeah. I'm like, hey, man, could we spin this out and make this public so other people could use this as well? So the SOP just stands for standard operating procedures. And mm -hmm. the idea is literally... At any point, a new a podcaster can go in there, hit add new episode, and whatever they say they do every time, it'll automatically populate. If they have a team, it'll tag team members. If they have due dates, it'll do that. They can comment mm -hmm. back and forth. They can upload files, add instructions. The whole idea was, could we make less stress involved in the whole area of podcasting? And so far, it's done pretty well. That's a very new thing for us, yeah. but it's something that I'm really passionate about to help alleviate some of the stress that's involved. Yeah. Now, uh, I know there's a lot behind creating a brand and that is part of who you are do we have a book in the making somewhere <laughs> <laughs> you know it's you know no one i haven't been asked that in a really long time Bonnie, <laughs> but i've always got this book in the back of my head and i just haven't done anything with i, mean, I shouldn't say anything i've written things i'm like this would make a great chapter in a book this would make yeah. a great section in a book and as of right now i'm i'm very uh, part of being create creative i think and having a, an environment that really fosters creativity is not overwhelming yourself or overextending yourself. Yeah. So for now, they go, that stuff goes into a file so I can stay creative in the craft and the area that I've committed myself to. I, I do pray and hope one day I can, I can open that file up and actually I build have, a book out of it, but well, you know, not this right is now. Why, but this is why they have um, literary consultants. Uh, uh, some people use for part of the project ghost writers that you can trust and it's you know the, the original project comes from your creativity there's nothing that people can write for you really unless you tell them you know um i i personally enough i heard your segment on that by the way like you have a part of your show is is focused on on that on side writing of things. i was voices, listening to some of those episodes writing which voices. is funny i never um i never even knew that world you only know what you know right and i was right, hearing that, right, i'm like right. wait a minute someone else could help me with this like yeah, organize my sure, thoughts and tell me what to sure. do on a daily basis I'll didn't know that existed someone your way if you, you know <laughs> thank a you woman, a consultant that i use for um because i so far have always published non well academic work uh, all over the place and non-fiction and um, never in the United States. And so, you know, The Magic of Pleasure Seeking is the book that I'm, you know, selling to the United States. And I thought, well, geez, it's not like Europe. It's not like, you know, what am I going to do here? Because my publisher wanted it in Amsterdam and I didn't want to go there. So I looked around and I found a woman who is a ghost writer, but she said to me, she develops the brand like you, you, you know, creating mm. brand, the concept. And so she worked with me, uh, you know, so I started with one project, a proposal. And after a year, I mean, something that is so long in my timing, uh, we came up with a completely different thing. And so she gave me knowledge, like you say, we only know what we know of how to actually speak with what language, you know? Uh, I'll give you an example. I, I, I was saying something like uh, protagonist. I wrote in, in, the, in the book and she said, oh, let's change that. And I said, well, how could I change that? I mean, the main <laughs> right. character in a book is a protagonist. She's well, a lot exactly. of people won't, won't know that. And I said, well, then they shouldn't be reading books. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, things like that. And of course, then you have other readers and other editors and everybody gives you their take. And by the end, you, you, you know, you're ready to shoot yourself. But in this case, this is, you know, you're making somebody- it sound very attractive, by the way. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, <laughs> but if you know what you want to say, it's really easy. And someone can point you, you know, from the time that you start drawing maps, you know, map mind map mind maps they're called mm-hmm. uh, and you keep going but it's you know what's nice about it and uh, there is a a guest i had who's a guest from podmatch who's uh, robert riapel who is an entrepreneur a very successful entre- entrepreneur with a, a few books the second book has just come out and uh, the funny thing about robert is he's fun he's funny he's a funny guy um he was, you know, gave me the notion. He he wanted to give you a gift. He he comes into the show and you, it's Santa Claus. Santa Claus is here. <laughs> I, you know, this is what you need. This is for you, you know? And um, his, his idea of giving clues, he gives people clues. And I thought, Oh, how nice, you know, and it is as if it were a gift. And in this case, um, Alex, you know, with all of the creative, uh, creative, you know, genius that's behind you, um, the book could be as if it were a gift. And it doesn't have to say everything, but, you know, be practical enough for people to understand what creativity is all about and what I, what is a brand, you know, uh, what really is a that's brand. A good idea. Yeah. But you also, really smart. you talk about, um, I've seen a few videos and you speak about um, different media and how to use media for your brand and how some brands are suitable for some kind of uh, information and others are not. And it's interesting, you were talking about, I think it was um, Instagram how you were putting up tell us about your you know your experience with instagram yeah so it it all goes back to being creative and finding the places that work for each of us right Mm -hmm. and a place that i really struggled to flex creativity was instagram where a lot of people thrive and i'm just not one of them for me it was painful trying to make content i really just was always just forcing it and people were like you got to be on there it's going to make you big you got to be on there so i was just doing my best and it was like hitting my head against the wall and it wasn't until I decided that, you know what, let me see where my audience actually is. And I just looked at the analytics on my website. At that yeah. point, I only had creating a brand at that point. And I looked and 90% of the social media traffic came from LinkedIn, which I would just post randomly. Ah. And it came very natural to me. And so what I did is like, well, I'm going to just try something. So I, I shut down Instagram. I say I shut it down. I just stopped posting. I didn't like delete right. the account. And I went over to LinkedIn and started putting just a little bit more effort, which came yeah. very natural because those are more my people. Uh, like business I said, because they're the business minded, mm-hmm. they Creative. don't need all the fancy graphics. Yeah. And as I started sharing stuff on there, like my listenership went through the roof. And for me, it was just finding where being creative made the most sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Now there's other people that just naturally can just crush on Instagram and they make the greatest looking content ever. And it just, yeah. it's like, it flows right out of them. That's just not my lane. And I think it's important all of us, we know one where our audience is, but also where we thrive. Yeah. Have you done anything with YouTube? That's a completely I'm, different audience. I, I'm starting to. Um, it's YouTube is, is an interesting place. The comments Ooh. in YouTube, I think the meanest people on the planet meanest. hang out there. Um, 
Um, <laughs> I, I used to cry when I got 2015, my first videos, and the things they would write. I would cry. I would take it so personal. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I had to disconnect. People were like, hey, disconnect personally from whatever you read in the comments. I was like, okay. And then I got some comments. I was like, ouch. I'm like, that's so mean. I can't help what so my mean. voice sounds like or how short or tall I am, you know? Like, <laughs> not that those were the things that were coming up, but still, you know, there was just like very random and pointed. But I've done a little bit on YouTube now and I'm getting more into doing video, yeah. which I, I, I actually, again, really enjoy. But how Good. to do it creatively, I'm still just learning. Good. But for me, it's about learning in real time. Like I, everything yeah, I, I do, Claudia, as you know, yeah. I do it to benefit other people. Like that is my passion is helping people. So for me, I'm not going to practice behind closed doors. I'm going to practice and ship it for lack of a right. better term out right. to the world. While you're and doing when it. I do that, sure, I, I need some improvement along the way. But if it helps one person, then yeah. sharing my creativity that way is worth it. Yeah. It's so exciting to talk to you. I mean, I get... I get excited just, and, and here in Italy, it's, you know, past dinner time. So I'm going to have to unwind slowly <laughs> after this interview. Right. Well, this is great. Hopefully some wine and pasta. That's, yes, what, I, that's, that's what I could go for right now. Yeah, right. That, when I think Italy, I just, that's what I have to think. Pasta. I'm sorry. That's probably just makes me like every American. Have right? you ever been? Have you ever been? I, I am ashamed to say I have not been. I well, have there's family, still Sicily, time, everything. of course. There's still time. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. My, my goal is actually 2022 to get over there. So I'm going to yeah, yeah. I'm gonna show up. I'm going to call you when I'm in Rome, all right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. The uh, Well, the prices are so low, uh, you know, depending on the seasons you go through. And there are rules and regulations to follow, of course. But it's yeah. um, it would be a great trip take time if you're able to take time off you know bring the business yep. with you and that would be good so we have alex sanfilippo with alicia his wife who are a very powerful team um with alex who's being sort of the front runner a little bit you know he's a little faster and giving all these you know ideas and creativity but there's a book there's one you know this little thing that is not on the front burner yet. So we've got to root him on to create that book. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I love this. This has just never happened to me. So I'm so excited. Right That's cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll uh, be spreading the word. <laughs> you get the <laughs> book you. out. I'll put it all over the place. <laughs> Alex, thank that. you so much for coming. It was a joy to talk to you. Really. Yeah, Claudia, I, I really appreciate it. Really love what you're doing with the show. And being a listener myself, I just appreciate the value you're adding to people. So thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.